Good morning from Columbus, Ohio. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, October 30th. In today's news, an arrest is expected imminently by Bob Mueller. A contract is canceled in Puerto Rico. And the GOP push for a tax overhaul suffers a big setback. But first, the big idea. Ohio Democrats say talking about Bob Mueller's probe is not the way to win in 2018. While Washington elites are fixated right now on Mueller, the chairman of the Ohio Democratic Party told me that he is doing everything he can to prevent activists and candidates from becoming distracted by the special counsel and his next moves. Nearly a thousand of the Democratic faithful came to a convention center here in the state capital of Ohio last night for the party's annual dinner. During a three-hour program, no one referenced the Russia investigation. Activists did not broach it during interviews, and I didn't hear it come up in any side conversations during a reception before the event. Instead, the biggest applause came whenever a politician had the good sense to celebrate Ohio State's 39-38 win over Penn State on Saturday. Mueller also went unmentioned yesterday during an hour-long debate between the four Democrats running in a wide-open primary to succeed Ohio Governor John Kasich, a Republican who's term limited. The lion's share of the conversation in that debate focused on the economy, health care, and the opioid epidemic. If talking about Mueller is D.C.'s favorite parlor game right now, Ohio politicos like to argue over whether their state will permanently remain a presidential battleground. Hillary Clinton lost here by eight points, about the same as her margin of defeat in Texas. As a point of comparison, she fell short in Arizona by only three points and Georgia by five points. This has led some demographers to say that a realignment is afoot, in which the Midwest moves towards Republicans while the Sun Belt becomes more Democratic. One school of thought is that Ohio is on a path like Missouri's, which used to be a battleground, but has become reliably red in presidential elections since 2000. Democratic leaders here insist that reports of Ohio's death as a perennial swing state are greatly exaggerated. And they're probably right. The Buckeye State has voted for the winning candidate in all but one presidential election since World War II. With 18 electoral votes, the state will remain a linchpin of most realistic paths to 270 electoral votes, even after it loses one more in the next reapportionment. That will deter national Democrats from writing it off. And when you look at the demographics, it's likely to stay competitive. Democrats on the coasts argue about whether the party should focus on firing up the liberal base or making inroads with moderates who voted for Trump. But operatives in a place like Ohio dismiss that as a false choice. In 2016, Democrats had both a persuasion problem and a turnout problem across the industrial Midwest. To bounce back in 2018, they're going to need to address both. That's why the quality of candidates and campaigns matter, as does fundraising. Democrats here also hope to benefit from GOP infighting. The Republican primary for governor is even more crowded and has already gotten really nasty, pitting three statewide elected officials against each other, the attorney general, the secretary of state, and the lieutenant governor, as well as a sitting congressman. David Pepper, the chairman of the Ohio Democratic Party, expects that 2018 will be yet another change election, a la 2016. But this time, Democrats are not the ones in charge. He predicts that these midterms will be a lot like 1982. Ronald Reagan won Ohio by double digits in 1980, but Democrats swept statewide two years later, winning a Senate race and the governorship, despite a contested primary, because of blowback. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, 
The first batch of charges in the investigation of Russian involvement in the 2016 presidential election could be announced publicly as soon as today. CNN reported over the weekend that a federal grand jury had approved an indictment, but details of the possible charges and the name of the defendant remain unclear. Tensions between Republicans and Democrats have intensified over the investigation after Trump took to Twitter on Sunday to demand that Hillary Clinton face the same level of scrutiny that he does. Number two, Puerto Rico's electric company canceled a $300 million contract with a small Montana firm, saying that the controversy surrounding the agreement was distracting from the effort to restore power. The firm called Whitefish Energy had only two employees the day that Hurricane Maria hit and would have been responsible for repairing Puerto Rico's entire electrical grid. The contract drew criticism from Congress and the Federal Emergency Management Agency. There are also suspicions around the fact that Whitefish is based in Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke's small hometown back in Montana, and that Zinke and the company's chief executives know each other. Both Zinke and the executives deny that Zinke was involved in getting them the contract. But the controversy has raised questions about who's in charge of Puerto Rico's finances and recovery. And as of this morning, 80% of the territory's residents remain without power. Number three. The Republican effort to overhaul the tax code suffered a meaningful setback over the weekend when a powerful interest group came out against the proposal just days ahead of when House leaders planned to release it to the public. The National Association of Home Builders is preparing a nationwide ad campaign against the bill after learning that a homeownership tax credit will not be in an initial draft. The development underscored just how difficult the prospect of a successful tax overhaul will be, given the complex and competing interests that Trump and GOP lawmakers are trying to serve. Republicans are desperate to get a win going into next year as the midterm election cycle begins in earnest. Increasingly, though, it looks like what we're going to end up with is just tax cuts, not tax reform. And that is The Daily 202 for Monday, October 30th. You can read much more about everything from Mueller to tax cuts and how Democrats plan to win again in Ohio in my newsletter at WashingtonPost.com daily 202. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.